A few years ago, I watched a TED Talk video on procrastination, and I think I came across it because I was procrastinating. And it was by a guy whose name is Tim Urban. I don't know what else he does, but this video was really well done where he talked about just the dynamics of procrastination and how it comes about it, how it comes about. And he showed a very technical description of the brain, in which normally you have an intelligent, rational thinker steering the ship. But the problem is when it's time to get something done, in comes the instant gratification monkey. And it was interesting to see the way that he like laid this whole thing out. And he said, especially when you know, you're in school, you're in college, you got a big deadline way off in the horizon. And he showed this, this graph you know, of you got this big thesis due you know, at the end of the semester. So you're looking at three, four months. And you go ahead and lay out the semester. It's like, okay, a little bit of work, a couple hours you know, for the first few weeks. The next few weeks, you, you kind of ramp it up a little bit. And then really, you know, those last few weeks kind of buckle down and spend several hours getting it done. He said, you know, and inevitably it would happen that he'd want to sit down and get to work and say, like, okay, it's time to do this. And as soon as he would, it would come the instant gratification monkey and say, okay, yeah, working, that would be great. But I just remembered about the whole thing with Nancy Kerrigan and Tanya Harding. So we need to read the whole Wikipedia page. So no time to do the work right now. And so all of a sudden, that keeps happening. And every time wants to get going on the project, well, there's something else. It's like, oh my gosh, March Madness is going on. I need to research the whole history of the tournament. What is this St. Peter's College? Never heard of this before. Obviously, that wasn't in the video because they weren't known yet. But, you know, like all this stuff sort of happening. And when it's time to get down to work, well, the instant gratification monkey has other plans. Now, the way that things inevitably get done is that graph keeps getting bigger with time and all of a sudden what was due in four months is now due in three days. All of a sudden, there are multiple all-nighters that need to happen. And the reason that can get done is because the only creature in the world that the instant gratification monkey fears is the panic monster. And the panic monster shows up when all of a sudden the deadline is just a couple days away. And then the instant gratification monkey scatters and all of a sudden 90 pages can be written in two nights. And he said, you know, that shouldn't happen. And he can get it in and it gets done. But of course, it's not going to be as good as it should have been. But this whole back and forth. And I mean, it's a really good insight in that. But the way that he ends the talk, I think, is what makes it sort of like worth the whole thing. He said, this sort of process between the instant gratification monkey and the panic monster can kind of work when you're in school and you have some really clear deadlines, right? It's like you know that the end of the school year is coming. That thesis is going to have to get turned in. The trouble is, is once you're out of school, and the deadlines aren't there and is pressing. And you think about certain goals that, quite frankly, are even more important than a thesis. I gotta kick this habit. I really need to get more healthy. Even more important than that, I gotta work on my relationships. Like my relationship with my wife, my husband, it's in the dumps. I haven't talked to my kids in a long time. I'm holding on to this grudge. I haven't prayed in a long time. The difficulty is there's not a deadline. And if there's not a particular deadline that's right there, 
The scary thing is, is the panic monster doesn't show up. The instant gratification monkey keeps leading you by the nose, and those important goals need to happen. Now, he didn't quite bring it in about the prayer life, but I think you can see what I'm talking about. And I think this gospel today really helps us in a big way with this. Okay, our Lord is not the panic monster. However, what he's giving us today is a good wake-up call, a good reminder that we do have a deadline to get in the right order, right? You look at these people in the gospel today and what they're running up to tell Jesus, it's kind of like internet gossip or just, you know, like kind of going out there, oh, what's going on everywhere else? You know, some people ran up, Jesus, did you see what happened with these Galileans and what Pontius Pilate did to them? It's terrible, isn't it? Of course, our Lord calls it back to them. Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they are greater sinners than all other Galileans? By no means. But I tell you, if you do not repent, you will all perish as they did. And by perish as they did, it's that like all of a sudden things come to an end. It's like we don't know when the end will be. And if we're not prepared, it comes on us very quickly like these Galileans, like the people upon whom the Tower of Siloam fell. Stuff can come to an end really quickly. Now, I would say that this particular gospel, I mean, you look at those examples of people pointing to others and Jesus turning it right back on them, and then giving us this strong parable of the fig tree that has the potential to be cut down. I mean, this gospel can fall into that wonderful category we've all heard characterized many times as fire and brimstone, right? You know, that, oh, that hellbrand preaching of a priest getting up there and you look at what Jesus is saying. I would say it kind of goes in that category in a way, but more fire than brimstone. And what do I mean by that? When you look at the first reading today, one that we know really well, of the book of Exodus and Moses, and at this point, he's been working in the desert for 40 years. He's been away from Egypt for a while. Notice he's going about his day-to-day life, and what does he see? A bush on fire that is not consumed, right? To see that burning bush that is bearing the fire, but it's not burning up. And I would propose to you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, that is an image that we should all be. Some of the fathers of the church talk about that burning bush as an image of our blessed mother. Why? Because she is the God bearer. She is a creature who bore her creator, who gave birth to God, right? Well, I would say we're all called to the same thing. Jesus has called us to be part of his body, the body of Christ. By baptism, we bear the light of Christ. We have become part of his body. By our confirmation, we receive the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. When we go to communion, we receive God. And when you think about this, it's like being the burning bush. We receive the glory and the fire of the love of God, and yet we're not consumed. When you think about it, I mean, how blessed I am. I was telling Aiden before the Mass. It's his sixth Mass serving. It's my 5,921st Mass being the priest, right? And how awesome it is that I'm able to do what I do and my hands don't fall off. You know, when I give you communion, your tongue doesn't blast out of your mouth. We are bearing the fire and the love of God and not being consumed. And we're called to be on fire, to open ourselves up 
to what God offers us. And the important thing is, is that we take that seriously, that we don't keep putting off that encounter more and more, because the danger is, in our lives, the instant gratification monkey really is around. There's so many ways that we can put off what's most important. We can put off, and I would say, not just being afraid of, and I would say this, look to Dante, the, the ice of hell, being locked up and into selfishness. Like he has the devil at the center of hell encased in ice. We're called to be on fire with the love of God. And I think what our Lord is doing here, and yes, it's a challenging reading. It's like, come on, everybody, wake up. But I feel like it's more in the arena of, say, like the orientation team when you show up at college and they tell you, hey, don't spend the next four years in your room playing video games, you know? It's good advice. You don't want to miss out on the college experience, not just because it's so darn expensive, but because it's a very important time and there's so much to experience and be there for. The same is true in our lives. We're called to be on fire but not consumed today. We're called to become saints right here and now. And the beautiful thing about that is it's not just out of fear of what we may lose in the future, but what we miss out on if we don't embrace it now. I had the honor of celebrating two weeks ago the funeral mass for Mary Knapp. Many of you know her. She was wonderful. She was one of our catechists for years. Just a beautiful example of someone who lived out the faith well. I was even able to say in the homily for her funeral mass, quoting St. Paul VI, that modern man listens to witnesses more than he does to teachers. And if he listens to teachers, it's because they're witnesses. And when you think about the people that we have in our lives who surround us, who are witnesses, who are on fire, we want to be with them. We want to make sure that together we're glorifying God, that we are like those burning bushes on fire but not consumed that attract other people in the world. And the good news for us is it's a joy to do that. It's a joy to be close to our Lord, not sitting out in the darkness, not being led around by the nose by the instant gratification monkey and wasting our life on all sorts of different things when that fire is here for the taking. And I would just say in closing to look at what St. Paul says, whoever thinks he is standing secure should take care not to fall. And that's what this season is about, and that opening prayer about prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. It gives us the chance to make sure that, okay, we know the panic monster isn't going to show up. We don't know when the deadline is. But nevertheless, our Lord warns us not to miss out on what is right here in front of us. The fruit that we're called to bear, growing in virtue ourselves, handing it on to others, bringing other people into it. Don't put it off. Don't fall into the trap of procrastination. Take care not to fall, but rather to be on fire with the love of Christ, on fire but not consumed. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and